0: Welcome to Admissions Dissected, an audio series on how to get into medical school. I'm Omar. And I'm Sean. And this is our episode on letters of recommendations and grades.
1: All right, Omar, you can go ahead and kick us off.
0: All right, so letters of recommendation. This is really important, but from my experience on the admissions committee, there's usually four, um, I think minimums three, right, Sean?
1: Three to four-ish, yeah. yeah.
0: And Honestly, we don't give much weight to letters of recommendation, believe it or not. Contrary to common belief, um, most letters of recommendation usually say the same thing, right? What we look for is things that stand out. If you write, if the letter, the person that's writing you the letter of rec says you're a terrible student, or I actually don't know the student, which I've seen, that's what really sets off uh, um, alarms, red flags. Red flags yeah. yeah. another thing that's uh, really important is that. Um, for letters of recommendation you really want someone who will write like one thing that we hate seeing is if you have like your pastor or your mom or someone like that actually write a letter of recommendation because someone that knows you in form like yeah like, like a your family member or friend yeah like your cousin like we've seen that happen it just doesn't really add much weight <laughs> and, um, it really doesn't add anything to be honest the most important thing that actually comes with the letter of recommendation is the composite letter that the premed society, or the premed committee pre-med writes on your yeah. behalf. Yeah. What people don't know is that actually almost every school ranks their student. So what they'll do is they'll actually uh, assign like a category to your application. They'll say this student is excellent, like good, very good.
1: And those are all code words for like quartiles exactly, that the student fits yeah. into.
0: So that's really important to kind of ask your pre-med uh, committee that's writing the, the, the composite. And also, so what a composite, do you know what a composite is? So? Yes. I want to tell them what a composite Sure. Is.
1: So you get between like three to six letters of recommendation from different people. You submit them generally to your pre-med advisor or your pre-med uh, committee at your undergrad institution. And then they write, they read all the letters and then they write one composite letter highlighting all the uh, The best parts of each letter about you and that's probably the letter that is actually read the most by people
0: Um, and then one brief um tip that i like to tell everyone is whenever you ask for a letter of recommendation you always ask hey mr sean can you write me a strong letter of recommendation? Yeah, or,
1: or a good letter. Yeah, would yeah. you be willing to write me a good or a strong letter? Yeah.
0: So that, I mean, no one's going to say, yeah, sure, and then just talk crap about you. <laughs> but
1: And if they don't know you well.
0: They'll just say, they'll, I don't really know you that well.
1: Yeah. Right. If you're asking for a strong or a good letter. So Dad on Omar's points, another letter that looks not great is when you say you're like the top student in the class but you never did anything with the professor you just went to like office hours once a week or something and they don't know you that well and the letter of rec ends up being omar was in my class he got an a he was good i recommend him for your medical school that's Best you <laughs> so and there are letters that are literally three four sentences and that's it yeah. um those are not great so i think um you definitely want someone that knows you well, someone that's not, like, a family member or a friend. Um, I'd write you a letter of rec, though, Sean. I would reject that. <laughs> <laughs> would I would accept it. And then the the letters that you want... Um, so who, who should I ask for a letter of rec? Right. So you should ask... You would want, ideally, at least three, three to four. You should probably ask at least one science professor, um, one non-science professor, and... Uh, I, most like this probably most important was as, as a physician um
0: and if you did research with someone you should definitely ask them for a letter of rec because for me it's a red flag right. if you spent four years with this person you don't know, ask them for a letter of rec
1: right so anybody that you spent a lot of time with if you've taken a couple of years off and worked uh your boss should probably be writing your letter of rec um or someone else that you've worked with should be writing your letter of rec um so i ended up doing uh six letters of rec one was from a physician I shadowed and that was actually my weakest letter. I was surprised by that. It was very short. Um, you read it? No, but I, I saw I saw the pre med advisor read it and it took him all of like five seconds to be like, okay, that's acceptable. And just kind of turned back and yeah. it took more time with the rest. So that, that was like surprising to me. Um and you're not you don't want to read your, your Well how long did you
0: shadow this doctor
1: for? Like a week. So yeah. if, So like to the point we were just talking about. I didn't she didn't know me all that well is just a week of shadowing and working with her. So there's not much they can say. Um, and you do like kind of want to sign away. If there's an option to sign away your right to read the you letter. Well, really you have to. Um, which, yeah, you want to do because it's a, if you read the letter, that it, it kind of like, I don't know, it indicates some kind of like improper things happen if you actually read the letter that was submitted. Um, so I ended up asking the doctor I shadowed. I ended up asking one of my sociology professors um, who knew me pretty well biochem uh my biochem professor who knew me pretty well that uh, we had uh, I took a co- I took a years worth of class with her um uh, my research advisor um my boss at my summer internship and there was one more person uh, another person uh, who I had a year of class with another science professor yeah. so I had six in total and I think uh, two or three of them were really strong and the rest were just okay. Yeah.
0: Honestly, like if you just like the more, <laughs> the more letters of rec you get, it's not going to help you. <laughs> if anything, it's just a composite letter we look at. And then we just read, we on, I honestly spend maybe like a solid 10 minutes on the letter of rec, looking for like red flags, Usually, the composite letters. So it's important, but the, some people think like, Oh, I need to get letters like nine letters of recommendation. That really doesn't do yeah, much. Probably
1: somewhere between three to six is a good number. Yeah. Um, and so Omar was kind of giving the perspective on the admissions committee about how they evaluate and how they look at the composite letter and um, kind of look at the code words that they know. And I would ask, way. like,
0: ask your uh, premed advisor, like, where do I stand? Like, how do can how can I be on the top recommendation for the composite letter?
1: Right. Because um, I
0: think that's like, it doesn't provide a, uh, an, un, it provides a very objective perspective, I think, of you as an applicant compared to the other applicants coming from your school.
1: Right. And the school is the one doing it. So they also want to rank everyone highly. So if you're lower ranked, you should know that. Yeah. Um, on their own list of people they write their composite letters for. Um, and as someone that um, just interviewed people, I wasn't on the admissions committee. I did get the full AMCAS with everyone's uh, letters of rec. And I think the things that would stand out to me would be the letters that were really strong would be like, this student was like one of the best people I've ever worked with. They were so great. They'll be such a great physician for reasons A, B, C, X, Y, and Z. I really enjoyed working with them. You know, I, if there's anything I can help with, let me know. I really want to see them succeed. They were so incredible. I would, you know, I hope they become a great physician. And, you know, if there's any questions you yeah, have, feel free to reach out. I strongly recommend them to your medical school. Those ones stood out a lot and there were a few of them. Um, And the ones that spoke about like work ethic, all those things. And then the other ones that stood out were the ones we talked about already that were like two or three sentences. And if like all three of your letters are two or three sentences, I think that becomes a red flag. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, just because you didn't work with anyone that could speak to your Oh, you also don't have the
0: insight. You're an idiot for asking people who's going to write you a <laughs> like two or three letter sentence. like you need to know who's going to write you a strong letter of recommendation. And that's why I think it's important to ask, hey, can you write me a good or strong letter of recommendation? Not just a letter of recommendation, but can you write me a strong letter of recommendation?
1: Yeah, so I think those are the ones that stood out to me before interviewing someone, because it gives you a strong impression of who that person might be before, like, I ever saw them or knew what they were like. Don't get
0: and, your mom to write you one. <laughs> or your uncle.
1: And, and try to avoid... So, uh, try to avoid... So, like, someone in our class used a letter from, like, a political... a politician. Oh, yeah. And I think that's just kind of a weird yeah. thing. Yeah. It was, like, a family friend, and it was the family friend was a politician. No
0: bueno. No bueno.
1: And, like... That's just kind of like a weird thing because they didn't work with the person. It was just like, oh, I've known this student forever. They're so great. And I am hold this office. You should accept them to medical school. You, they didn't really speak about the work. I think it was just like someone higher well, up. Well, if you get
0: one from the president, that would be cool. <laughs>
1: okay. The president's not going to write anyone a letter. That's a record. person. Yeah. This president, <laughs> it might not be. <laughs> they might be a red flag if this president started <laughs> a letter, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything you want to end on Omar? no okay, we can so, also talk
0: about grades yeah so just she ending
1: could. on letters of rec I think the most important thing um, is just that we would want to highlight is three to six three to six-ish letters is great um, science professor non-science professor a doctor um, and anyone you've worked with extensively um, that shows up on your no
0: family member no family member or a family friend and no bad letters and ask strong letter can exactly. you write me a strong letter?
1: On that note, before we go off and jump off into grades, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right. If you like what we're doing and want to support us, follow us on our Patreon. We're doing this podcast on our own without any support from any institutions and would deeply appreciate any support. Our Patreon supporters get access to extra episodes, extra content, Q&A sessions with us, and the opportunity for you to have us review your application and receive personalized feedback. I know Omar would love to give a lot of feedback.
0: I'd love to see your feedback, guys, or your applications.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You can follow us on our Patreon at Admissions Dissected. We're back from the break. (laughs) (laughs) all Um, right now that we're back from the break uh we'll talk about grades and gpas and all those things yes
0: so gpa so sean and i were talking about this earlier and average matriculating gpa for our our school at least was like a 3.7
1: yeah it ranges between 3.7 to 3.8 for a lot of schools um, or higher Um, and it can be a little lower depending on the school
0: and just because you have a low gpa doesn't mean you've can't make it to medical school. So, like, the lowest person uh, we've accepted, I believe, was uh, a GP of around, like, a low three, so like a 3.1. However, that student did take a gap year and did a post back and got a 4.0 during that post back. and that 4.0 actually was, like, it covered up the 2.0, or 3.1, because we didn't take the 3.1 in consideration. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, and I think uh, another point that that highlights is that um, a lot of admissions committees at medical schools more than just the number, they would like to see that the trend is going up. Yes. Because I think, I, like, I don't know, like a 3.6 that's been going down that started as a 4 <laughs> and keeps dropping every semester looks worse than, like, a 3.55 5 that started as, like, a 2 and jumped all the way to a 3.55. 5. I think the trend That's really important, is yeah. more important.
0: The trend is key. And also, if, like, you have, like, say, like, your GPA is, like, A, 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 like, maybe a B, and then you have, like, a C-minus, <laughs> on your, like, transcript, (laughs) we'll ask you about it. Like, hey, like, why did you get a C in that class? And the worst response is, like, the teacher was bad. You know, like, (laughs) throwing the blame on someone. Yeah, own up to it. You're going to be an adult. And we're all going to screw up one day. And you're just going to have to, like, you know, own up to it. Everybody
1: makes mistakes, and it's completely fine too. I think what Omar's point, is really about the answer that you give. Do you accept responsibility for the grade? And sometimes you really just do have a bad professor. But instead of saying that the professor was bad, you can say that, you struggled with the way that the ta- class was taught and what you learned from it. I think that's another important thing is that um, everyone struggles, everyone makes mistakes, but what did you actually learn from the experience? So for example, like if you got, I don't know, a C in one class and you could highlight that, you know, the course after that, like if it was Orgo, then Orgo 2, I took everything I learned from Orgo 1 with the same professor um, and adapted to that method of teaching and did better in it, even if it was just a jump up to a B. I think that's, that's a really great explanation yeah. for... And owning up to it.
0: You have to work hard, too. I remember my lowest grade was an orgo. I got, like, an F on an exam. And I had that exam framed. (laughs) (laughs) Let it be known, I'm probably one of the most extra human
1: beings there are out there. The most basic. (laughs) You're a white crow, bro. (laughs) Um, But... So, yeah, the trend is important. Perseverance. And, honestly, yeah. it's perseverance. perseverance. It's all about
0: perseverance. Just trying your best. And yeah.
1: And uh, the, like Omar was saying, for people that do have low GPAs, a post-bac or post um, which is like, an, it's not a degree necessarily, but it's kind of like a program that's prepping you academically for medical school. Um, a lot of universities have them, and they basically take you through some rigorous academic work.
0: Yeah, so you, a year or two, and you take yeah. like biology, biochem, et cetera, et cetera, and... That's graded, and that grade I think is what saves a lot of people with very low GPS. Because yeah. to be honest, like an eighteen-year-old, this is like first time without mom and dad, you know, It makes make mistakes. Yeah, um,
1: and also the- I wanted
0: to talk about. Like people who have like academic misconduct. When should we talk about that? Should we talk about
1: yeah, that? Yeah, no, more? we can jump that we can jump into that right now. Go for it. Alright,
0: so academic misconduct. So you when you like uh, apply for your AMCAS, you're gonna be you asked a couple of questions. One about like have you ever been arrested like, <laughs> a misdemeanor? Are you a felon? You have to be honest about that because they also Obviously, do background checks. Right. And then they'll ask you about academic misconduct. And this again, like we were talking about grades, is where people have to own up to their mistakes. Um I've seen a couple where funny,
1: interview people. Yeah. yeah. So
0: the funniest one I saw was this kid got um, arrested because he uh, like s- slept in like a barn, like a cow's barn, like there were cows. Like, a cow, <laughs> and, like he slept in the barn on a dare, like he was a frat boy, and um, he ended up getting arrested, misdemeanor for it. And um, we talked about it. He's like, yeah, to be honest, I was like really stupid. He owned up to it. He's like, I've learned from this mistake will never happen again. I was just very immature and I've matured a lot. And I've done X, Y, and Z to kind of show that how much I've matured. Um, and again, like not owning up to it is like a sign of immaturity and like a sign that when you screw up, like you like you need to take the blame because you're going to be the leader yeah. of the medical team. And you're going
1: to be taking care of patients. And if you screw
0: up at the end of the day. It's my fault. Yeah, it's the doctor's the fault. The nurse is not going to get you on that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you are. Yeah. Um. And then uh, I think the only other thing that we didn't mention was for uh, other options besides a post to kind of show that you've grown academically. Oh, yeah. it could include, like, doing a master's degree, another degree. Yeah.
0: Um, so, and also grade inflation is really important. So, like...
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: On the admissions committee, we knew certain schools gave, like, all their students, like, A's. Or, like, one school, for example, I won't say their name. It's a small school. Never mind. I won't say it. Um, they, like... <laughs> Everyone gets a B or higher. Spill I, that tea. <laughs> I won't say it. Everyone gets a B or higher. It's an Ivy League school. Um, that's all I'll say. <laughs>
1: that's all I'll <he'll> say. It <laughs> only narrows it down from a couple thousand to, like, come to you plus yeah. a few less than 10.
0: So, and then some schools are just notoriously hard. Like, no one gets a B in that class, you know? Or, like, you know, it's just, like, well, we know. For I, I remember the director kept saying, for example, this patient had, like, a three-point. Patient? Oh, what is <laughs> that?
1: Applicant. This <his> applicant, applicant.
0: <laughs> had like a three point like five, and he's like, you know, like their school is this school is so hard, and I use a computer science too, which is like very very difficult. But
1: yeah, so the, the all those things matter, and you can persist- do a masters, persistence, yeah, all those things. And um, the only other point I think I'd make is that also looking at GPAs, if you do a difficult major or take difficult coursework i think that reflects well even if your grades aren't as high as if you took easier Mm, courses i don't know
0: i just i actually have like a different perspective on that just because i've seen people with like when we look at the transcript it says like a a a a a right Mm -hmm. and then like if there's like a b or a c and like you take a really hard class to me it just i don't know i i feel like you want to be smart about what you do like if you know you're bad at physics (laughs) and you you decide to be a physics major i don't think that's really the smart right i'm
1: not i'm not saying that there's a free pass to do poorly if you choose a hard major i just mean that if you get like a b in orgo it's not the end of the world like that's not that i think that's probably still looked better at than like i don't know an a in communications yeah um so i think i don't i i would encourage people to take difficult coursework because I think being challenged is really important and it will prepare you for the difficulty of an exam like the MCAT and for medical school. So, for example, I did my master's as well, and I think that that coursework was really challenging. He my... did it
0: while an undergrad. That'd be <laughs> Anyways, well, let me pack your trunk.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Get that dirt off the shoulder. Um... Yes, Daddy. <laughs> 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 So, my coursework, um, I think my grades, yeah, they definitely fell taking uh, graduate-level coursework. Um, But I think that that wasn't looked at negatively because I was accepted to medical school. So I got an interview, and it was a a good point where they asked me, well, what did you learn from doing the master's? And I was like, well, there are things that are more difficult than I was used to. And I think it was a good uh, eye-opener before starting medical school to know that coursework can be really challenging and that you can grow from taking a difficult course Um, and also learning that you're not going to be the best at everything. Um, One of the things with medical school is that literally every single person in your class is going to be super smart and super hardworking. So like type a, right. So like it's, it's super hard to be at the top of your class because everyone else is smart. It's like learning that it's okay to not be the best in the world at something. It's completely okay. I mean, yeah yeah the person that graduates at the bottom of the class what do you call them a doctor you call them a doctor
0: <laughs> it's, a, it's something hard like i'm still trying to get over it to be honest because like i try my best to be the best at whatever i do and when i that doesn't work out for me i take it personally and i just like it's something you have to work on and see
1: omar took all those easy classes you didn't right. know no, it was chemistry <laughs> i took
0: chem. I say my gpa i won't say my gpa <laughs>
1: you uh, uh, <laughs> just told them he got a masters in four years so I didn't say what my GPA was it could have been a two or something <laughs> we're not going to spill that tea we're not going to spill that tea unless you want to Omar no I don't want to flex you don't want to flex out <laughs> of
0: alright I think that's it
1: yeah I, don't, I think we covered a lot of, lot of ground with all of that um, and then for looking forward to our next episode we'll be talking about the difference between taking a gap year or multiple gap years versus going straight through um from undergrad to medical school without it also it i think month. we'll also
0: be talking about if you're like late in the game say you have a career right and you want to go into medical school. exactly
1: right the non-traditional applicants yes all right see you guys good episode see ya
0: if you like what we're doing and enjoy the podcast please rate subscribe and share with your friends and colleagues you can follow me on twitter at omar underscore dissecting or at admissions You can find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from.